0: Never gave up on that situation hallelujah hallelujah oh i bless your wonderful name today oh god i just think it'd be appropriate right now if we would just create an atmosphere for the miraculous to move in this place right now come on somebody ought to thank him somebody ought to praise him right now jesus i praise you Lord, I ask that you would fill this place with the miraculous right now. I pray that you would fill this place with your anointing right now. God, that you will break any chains that have been brought into this place. That God, you will just do what you need to do. God, may your perfect will be done in this place right now. I set. Lord you free to do as you wish God we are clay in your hands mold us today make us what you want to be in the name of Jesus come on somebody make a joyful noise unto God hallelujah 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 come on he's working right now Jesus 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 That's the good thing about the God I serve is when I think there's nothing else that can be done, he's still working in that situation. And when I gave up on all hope, he steps into that situation and lets me know that he is still God on the throne. Come on, somebody, praise him, somebody. Praise the name of Jesus. Oh, I feel a freedom that has entered into this sanctuary right now. Let me ask this question to the church. How many has been praying for somebody, praying for a situation, praying for a need that has not come through? You're still waiting on that prayer to be answered. You're still waiting on that situation to work itself out. I've come to give and preach hope to somebody here today. I've come to preach hope that God has not forgotten you. God has not let you down. Sometimes he's waiting on us. All the time we're waiting on God. Sometimes he's waiting on us. He's waiting to see. I want to see how much further they're going to go. I want to see how much praise they actually have in their life. I want to see how much strength. Do you not know that God already sees what is going on? While we're worried about the economy and while we're worried about all this going on, God is saying, I'm not worried about it at all. He's got it all in control. I may not always see his plan. I may not always understand the steps that he's taking. But one thing I know for sure, he's got my back and he's looking out for the better of me. Come on. You ought to put a smile on your face that God's already got your situation. Good to be here here today. on This last Sunday of march we are stepping into april kids hold on it won't be long candy rain is coming candy rain is coming warmer weather's coming and god is truly good amen if you have your bibles we're going to turn to the book of mark i prayed about this and i believe i have a word for somebody Somebody that has been kind of stepped to the side and saying, I wonder, if it, is it worth going on? I have a word for somebody who's wondering if you should give it up because things are just going so hard and things are going so bad. I'm, I'm preaching to somebody who is one step away from just making a decision. I want you to know that God has given me a word to hold on, to press on. Mark chapter number 5 and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years some would have gave up after one she suffered many things of many physicians and spent all that she had nothing better it rather grew worse when she heard of jesus hmm thank you lord for somebody that gives a word to somebody about jesus thank you lord for my sister who first told me about jesus when she heard of jesus came in the press behind touched his garment for she said if i can just touch but his clothes She had faith and didn't know anything about Jesus, but just what she had heard. But if I could just touch his clothes, I know, I know I'm going to be healed. Can I say to somebody, you are just one step away. You are one step away from getting your miracle. She came in the press behind and touched his garment. She said, if I just touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing to himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, who who touched my clothes? His disciples said unto him, thou seest all these The multitude thronging thee And you're saying who touched me He looked around about to see That had done this thing The woman fearing and trembling And knowing what was done in her Came and Fell down before him She worshipped Him And told him all the truth He said unto her daughter Thy faith hath made thee whole Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. We'll preach for just just a moment on hearing to your healing. There's healing in this place right now. The miraculous has stepped foot into this place. The supernatural is about to take place in somebody's life here today. You're going to walk out with a different perspective. You're going to walk out with encouragement here today. Put your Bibles down. Put your hands in the air. Thank you, God, for what you are doing in this place. God, we have come with an expectancy, God, that you are going to touch, that you are going to deliver, and that you are going to heal. God, we are broken people in need of a miracle. We are broken people in need of a touch. We, God, need to see. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, clap your hands one time as you may be seated. I'm amazed when I read the stories in Scripture. I loved working in children's ministry, and I loved seeing the children's faces light up as we told stories of, of Jesus walking on the water and all the Jonah in the whale and all these stories that you just see these kids imagining that in, in their minds of, of what would take place and what it must have been like. And one of the stories that I have always appreciated and one that always seemed to have touched me is the very story that we read here today of a, a woman that had an issue of blood. She was hemorrhaging and... Spent many, 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 many times with a doctor. A lady who was left with a helpless and hopeless and embarrassing situation come on somebody right now are you in a helpless hopeless situation I want you to know that God is about to step on the scene I want you to know just as our story that there is still a God that already knows pre what what is about to take place but I want to preach to somebody here you walked into an embarrassing situation you're what seems a hopeless situation but I want you to know that God knows what you're going through right now God sees the situation you're in right now And wants to give you hope Here today I'm thankful for hope That no matter how crazy the world gets And no matter how crazy my world gets There's still hope You want to know why I'm here in service today Because there's hope you want to know why I can face tomorrow because I know there's hope for tomorrow my God is with me now and when I wake up in the morning I know he's going to be with me and goes without the day right beside me but here's this lady in this terrible embarrassing situation and, and, and I remember probably about 20 years ago getting the phone call from the camp as it was summertime and my wife was working her sabbatical her four or five weeks at the camp and getting a call from brother Frazee at the time saying they rushed your wife into the hospital not the phone call you want to get when you're down in St. Louis when you're far away but they rushed your wife into the hospital and when I drove up there the nurse explained what was going on She explained the situation and not to get too graphic, but she was hemorrhaging profusely. They said she left a trail as she came from the car into the hospital. That's how much blood she was losing and how much blood she was hemorrhaging. And I understand the situation of this young lady, of how embarrassing and how helpless and hopeless that she must have felt because she was unclean. She, she can't worship. She, she's broke. She spent all her money. She, she's out of options. And, and she is desperate just to fix this, what's going on in her body. But then Jesus... Jesus steps onto the scene. Jesus now enters the picture. Isn't it funny? There's testimonies all throughout this building of people whose life it was before Jesus entered the situation. I'm looking at faces of people that have now have Jesus in their life. But they remember what it was like before Jesus entered the situation. This lady is about to have a one-on-one encounter with her God Because now the one who was Unclean Is now clean The one who couldn't worship Is now bowing at the knees of Jesus And giving her worship To him The one that was diseased Is now healed What happened is that the before and after picture Is very startling I've seen many pictures Of drug addicts Before Jesus stepped on the scene I've seen many an alcoholic's picture before Jesus steps on the scene. It's interesting. You could see them, and they look miserable. They look horrible. But then the picture of right now, now that Jesus is in the picture, they've been cleaned up. They've been, they look awesome. Because Jesus is now living inside. I want the church to know that that same God that healed that woman right then and there is in this place right now. And I want you to know that whatever you have need of in this place, whether it's spiritual, emotional, physical, I want you to know that there's a God waiting for you to respond to the word. You're just one step away from a miracle. You're just one step away from a deliverance. You're just one step away away from victory but he's waiting on your response oh we can be very passive aggressive he already knows what I need I don't have to do anything he knows I'm sick he should heal me right now I'm sorry to break your theology but God says I stand here and knock Somebody's knocking on your door. Well, should know I'm already in the house. Why don't come? That's not how that works. You knock and wait for that person to come and open the door and let you in. I want you to know, if we could only open our spiritual ears right now, you would hear him knocking. Come on. I know you're in that room scared. Come on, I know you're in that room hurting. But I'm here. I'm knocking at the door. How will you respond? Because you see, this lady first heard of Jesus. After she spent all that she had trying doctor after doctor after doctor. Hoping for some good news. Try this. Try that. But then the messenger arrives on the scene. Hey, have you heard about this Jesus fella? No, I I haven't heard. I heard that, that he raised this guy Lazarus. He was in the ground, dead. That can't be true. Nobody can raise somebody from I heard he was three days and rose up and it was like he had his clothes on. He didn't. Really? You remember that that fellow, that Gadarene that used to run around in the tombs who used to live in the neighborhood? We'd hear him screaming at night. Yeah. I heard that Jesus prayed for him and all those devils that were in him departed from him. Look at him. I, I heard he's cleaned up now. He, he's combed his hair. He took a bath. They said he's in his right mind now. You mean Jesus did that? The same Jesus did that. I heard that he healed blind eyes. I heard that he, he, he reached out and made the lame to walk. They say that he, he puts his hands on and prays, and, and deaf people can now hear. And guess what? I heard that same Jesus is coming to town. Can you imagine the spark of hope that must have just popped into her brain? If, if he can raise a dead man to life, if he can bring deaf ears to hear again. Maybe he can touch me and heal me. I want you to know that Jesus can heal you. Jesus can touch you. And he does want to heal you. This lady had an ongoing hemorrhage. Which by Jewish law meant that she was unclean. Which meant that she could not enter into the tabernacle. While everybody was going in to feel the presence of God. She was on the outskirts. She couldn't go in and feel the presence of God. She felt left out. She felt alone. She felt like there was no hope left for her. Maybe I'll just try Dr. So-and-so. Maybe I'll just try him. Maybe he can give me some some hope and some help. And giving out money upon money, the doctor after doctor. And she tried until she had nothing left. I've been there when I've tried every situation, when I tried to do it on my own, when I tried to make it, but I had nothing left. Maybe that's what God is waiting on here today for us. Maybe you've tried everything. You've tried doing it yourself. Maybe you're like Frank Sinatra. You want to do it your way. But it wasn't until I submitted my will to his. And I said, God, I can't do this on my own. But I need you to come down and touch me. I was living in a dark cloud of depression. I tried the medicine the doctors gave me. I felt like I was just a living zombie. My situation at work was deteriorating. I knew it was going to affect my ministry. I knew it was going to affect my family. And I said, I'll work my way out of this. I will just try harder. I will just do this and do that. But I'm not going to let my family down. I'm not going to let my church down. It seemed the harder that I tried to do it myself, the deeper in a hole that I got, the more alone that I felt, and the darker it seemed to get all around me. No amount of medicine could have done that. Lift me out of that. It doesn't matter how much I work, no matter how much money I was going to make. Wouldn't lift me out of that pit that I found myself in. And it wasn't until I kneeled down on at my couch there at my home. that I finally said, God, I've had enough of this feeling. I've had enough of fighting this and trying to get out on my own. God. I give it now to you. And it seems like I woke up as I opened my eyes from that prayer meeting. It's like those postcards you see of the sun rising on an ocean beach. Oh, how I want to be there again. That's how I felt. It just felt I felt a warmth coming And I felt something I haven't felt in a long time. And I felt God's hand resting upon me. And can I tell the church that I walked away from that prayer meeting? I threw that medicine aside and said, God, only you can get me out of this right now. God, only you can help me from this point on. And it was that time that I said, God, you have to be number one in my life. I can't depend on my friends. I can't depend on my family. I can't even depend on myself. I need you from this point forward. to be number one in my life. And can I say, I'm a living witness of God picking me out of that pit and placing me on some solid ground and saying, now go forth and do as I have called you to do. I want somebody to know right now, you can't do this on your own. You can't fight this on your own. But you need a God to save you. But you got to reach out your hand and you got to respond. Drive to St. Louis not too long ago, and I had some time to blow before my meeting. So I went through the old homestead, went through Madison, Illinois, drove down the 4th Street where my house is that I used to live in, still looks the same, still has that same, same old garage kind of leaning to the side a little bit now. <laughs> that was the garage that I would jump from the roof of the house to the garage and then down to the ground when I was younger and I could. Now I jump off the dock and land, and everything just shakes and vibrates inside, and the brain says, what are you doing? Huh. So I drove down and seen, seen the old house. I seen the old junior high school, grade school that I used to go to, the, uh, the playground that we would play street hockey in, the corner that that car nailed me, and I went soaring through the air like Superman. <laughs> Flying part's easy. That landing on your head. I pictured myself like the cartoons, you know, if you just land on your feet running. It didn't end it that way. It did not work. And then I drove down Madison Avenue to where Shermer Supermarket used to be. Just they leveled it. It's not there anymore. But I remember pulling into the parking spot across the street and Dad would stick that hand out as we were about to cross the street, and I would take Dad's hand, and we would walk across that street, and we went in that front door together because I knew as soon as I went in that front door, there was a, they sold hot dogs right there. Two things Dad would buy for me when I went to the grocery store: he'd buy me a hot dog, and I, I think he just did it to shut me up. You know. <sighs> But so we go through the grocery store and the very last line was the cookie and the cracker aisle. And he would buy me, how many remembers this? The box of animal crackers with a little string on it that you could hold. Yeah. By then I'd have my hot dog pretty well scoured and scarfed down. And then I got the little little string held box. It was in like a circus thing, and you see the animals on the outside of animal crackers. So I get a hot dog and a box of animal crackers. But to this day, when I go past that spot, I remember dad's hand. And I knew as long as I had dad's hand, he wasn't going to lead me into harm. He's not going to lead me out in that street with that tractor trailer coming right at us. But I knew everything was safe. I didn't even have to look around. I didn't have to worry about a car. That car's coming down the road. Is he going to? No, I don't have to worry about any harm because daddy had my hand. My daddy always had my best interest at hand. He didn't want any harm to come to any of his children. I miss my daddy. But can I say, all he's waiting on today is for you to reach up and grab that hand. I know there's things in your life, sis, that you don't understand that's got you worried. How's this going to work out? How's this going to be? All he's saying is, I got your hand, sis. You don't have to worry about anything. We just need to kneel at an altar, pray about it, put it in his hand, and leave it alone. How many OCD people out there, you want you want to keep your hand on it? You want things to work out your way, your, I'm going to do it this way, and... We try to dictate how God should do this, and we should dictate, God, you need to take care of this one, take care of that one, heal that one, bless this one. And we start dictating to God what he needs to do, like we know more than him. Sometimes I think God's just up there and kind of chuckles at us. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get these people to go right, and here they are telling me that, that they need to go left. And sometimes I wonder if he just kind of chuckles at us. But all he's asking for today, church, is for you to reach up, grab his hand, and say, let me lead the way this time. Let me lead the way. Stop trying to tell me how to do my... Be- oh." Don't that get you aggravated when somebody tries to tell you how to do your job? Oh, everybody's trying to tell me, Elder, how to... This is how you need to be, and you need to do this, and you need to do that. And well, my name's not Mr. Brower. I don't own this business. So if you want something for nothing, call them and ask them. <laughs> I I chuckled. Maybe you're in this type of business too, but I chuckled these people that that I give them a price of a, a piece of equipment, and they oh, you can take a hundred bucks off that. You can do this, that, and the other. And my response is, I'm going to follow you. We're going to go down the road to, to Mr. Smith's grocery store. And I'm going to watch you put three pounds of hamburger on that, on that conveyor. And when they ring it up and that price comes up, and you say, No, I'm not going to pay that. You need to make that. I don't want to pay $4.98 a pound. I just want to pay $1.99. And if they knock it down to $1.99, maybe we'll talk about this furnace. <laughs> this ain't no flea market. This ain't no, that just ain't that. This is the a business try and tell me how to do my job and the any, any anybody here wants to be a salesman come on <laughs> get my truck out you can ride with me now my son rode with me for a day and he looked at me about halfway through is this all you do you go from place to place to place and take people out to eat and park on the side take a nap if you want to this, this this you get paid for this uh, you don't see the claw marks and scratch marks of how many times I got chewed out. <laughs> the time when things didn't go the way the customer wanted, even though it wasn't my fault, it was my driver's fault, my inside manager's fault, I'm the one getting chewed out. If you want that? Come on. If you want the pressure of making quota, if you want the pressure of you either do this or you're going to be fired, come and be a salesman. It's fun, they <laughs> said. I've learned I don't know as much as Jesus I understand that his ways are totally different than my ways. But once this lady figured out, that's, that's the one I need to go to. That's the one that, that can help me. Scripture says that there was many people that were there. She could have simply said, this is going to be too hard. She could have said, this is just too tough. There's no way I can get up to where he is. So I'll just, I'll either wait here or I'll go home disappointed. But it wasn't until she got it in her mind that nothing was going to stop me from getting my healing. I don't care how hard it is. I don't care who gets mad at me. I'm making my way up to where Jesus is. Excuse me. I'm sorry if they're getting mad, but but I need healing. I just wish somebody would get something started. I wish a spark would ignite in your spirit right now to get no, no matter what happens, I'm going to that altar and I'm going to find what I need. I've seen people that, Onto a chair so strong. They're feeling God's presence. And they know what's being preached is for them. But they're holding on to that chair. She said, I'm going to get to Jesus. I tell you what, if there's somebody here like me. And if we're going to a show, Sister Sanchez, and Brian Duncan is playing, and he's standing over here, and there's a crowd around him, (laughs) I'm going to go talk to the. Sign this right here, buddy. I'm getting to where he is. I'm going to talk to him. Somebody needs to get that same zeal in your spirit right now that altar looks like a million miles away and, and I don't want to go up there because people, gonna. what are they going to think of me? I saved this, don't mind what people think of you. Just break through the doubt, break through the worry and get to Jesus today. But if I could just touch the very hem of his garment, I don't even need him to put oil on me. I don't even need him to place that hand on my head. But if I could just touch him, I say this, I challenge you. God will meet you before you even get to this altar. God will be there waiting. He's in these aisles right now just waiting for somebody to respond. He's just waiting, how are they going to be? I know he can heal. I've heard all this. I want to tell somebody right now. There are testimonies in this building of many lives that God has healed. Oh, come on, somebody wake up. Give me a testimony. I'm a living testimony of how God healed me. But I'm a living miracle right now because it's a miracle that God gave his life for me, filled me with the Holy Ghost and has been with me every single day and has loved me every time I've fallen down. He's been there to pick me right back up. You're a miracle here today. Let's get something straight for those that have worries and doubts. God loves you. He loves you. I didn't always do things the way my dad wanted it done. I may not have always cleaned my room the way that he wanted it. Throw a few things under the bed. I know y'all never done that. Y'all never had kids that did that. Allison, clean your room. Well, your room looks clean. And you you go in the closet... Avalanche of clothes come down at you, but my, na- my dad never stopped loving me because I broke a rule or two. The night that I snuck out of the house, children' clothes, I climbed in the window at three in the morning, slithered into bed, thinking I, I made it. I felt something. At the foot of my, I pull pulled it out. It was a note that said, I hope you had fun. See you in the morning. Love, Dad. Woo, what a time we had that morning. I wanted to sleep till 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Because so I knew he went to work at 3. He didn't stop loving me. I was corrected. I was disciplined. And he said, next time, ask me. He's like, I just went down the road. It's 1983. It's not just, yeah, just about 11 o'clock, just got out, climbed out the window, went down the road. He said, do you not think that I would have told you no? going down to your friend's house all you had to do was ask me so instead of us trying to do it our way and going against God's word going against his will why don't we just simply ask him how should I do this but she came to him embarrassed ashamed the Holy Ghost. I'm speaking to somebody right now. You're in a situation that's that's embarrassing to you. You're in a situation right now that you're ashamed of. Can I say that God has already got you? You got nothing to be embarrassed about. God's about to touch you. God's about to put his hand upon you. You're about to feel an anointing of God come over you right now. Let's put it this way. We've all done things that if everybody knew, we'd be embarrassed about. walked away from that meeting with Jesus saying that he is real and what I've got from him is real because he healed her body not only that he healed her mind He gave her some hope in life. I want to tell somebody right now that I'm a testimony of how he healed me. If you need healing right now, I want you to know there's healing in this place. He set me free. And I want you to know if you need deliverance from something, he can deliver you right now because I'm a testimony. And that same Jesus who walked on water, that same Jesus who just... you know the, the Bible doesn't say this. But I believe that when the storm was raging and the disciples were yelling that that save us Jesus we're going to drown in this storm that he just simply said I can't hear you dude. Well, calm down. Nah. I don't think he had to beg and plead with the wind to stop. I think he just snapped his fingers. That's how my God is. And right now I'm preaching to somebody who needs hope. I feel in my spirit. You walked in this place thinking all is hopeless. You live from day to day thinking this is just hopeless. Why am I even continuing on? Why am I doing this? Because this lady had hoped. I heard about Jesus. Now I'm hoping that everything that I heard about him is true. Because you see, hope is a very powerful thing. You watch people fight when they realize there's hope. We don't give up when there's hope. Because hope is a very powerful thing. Paul said in Romans that we're saved by hope. He says that we rejoice in hope. And then again, in Romans, he calls him the God of hope. In fact, the three spiritual virtues is what? Faith, hope, and charity. That's how powerful it is. It's one of the three spiritual virtues that are out there. But she said, if I can just touch him, I know there's going to be a better tomorrow. If I could just touch him, I know things are going to work out. Okay, stand with me if you will. What do you need here today? What has brought you into this place today? Is it just simply, I know this is what I'm supposed to do? Check, I went to church today. Do you not realize... How many people are going to be at judgment seat and say, God, I went to church every Sunday. I went to church every Sunday. You know what? I prayed for the sick, God. I I, I gave in the offering plate. And there's going to be many who get this. Depart from me. I don't know who you are. But if you're here today because you, number one, came to worship your God and you came in here with your need. God, I need this touch. This physical ailment that I've been fighting for so long. I need healed. This depression, this this craziness that's going on inside this brain, this turmoil that I seem to be in, I need healed. God, I've I've fallen and I've messed up. God, if I could just kneel at your feet and feel you love me one more time. I want somebody to know that he sent me here to, to deliver a message of hope hope in your situation hope in your family hope in your life hope in your job situation but he's saying yes i want to give you hope yes i want to touch your mind yes i want you to know that i'm going to bring you through this situation but he's waiting on your response you just stay in your seat I'll get through this. You stay in your seat and say, well, it'll just work out somehow. Or will respond to the word and come meet your Lord at these altars? Whatever you have need of. If you need deliverance for something, Jesus is right here now. If you've been praying for something and you haven't got that answer, come on, knock on that door one more time. If you need something worked out in your family situation, I want you to know He's waiting up here right now. Step out. Come forth. And get the hope that he has promised you. I open up these altars right now. Come, I feel God's presence in a mighty way. Come and pray. Come and seek after him. Come get what God is wanting to give you right now. There's hope and there's healing at these altars right now.